and welcome to Ambulace no Biscum, your hiking companions on the road to heaven. My name is Allie. And I'm Rock. In this episode of Ambulace no Biscum, we continue our talk on the rosary by delving deeper into the mysteries of the rosary itself. But as always, let us begin in prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And after six days, Jesus taketh with him Peter and James and John, and leadeth them up into a high mountain, apart by themselves, and was transfigured before them. And his garments became shining and exceedingly white as snow, so as no fuller upon earth can make white. And there appeared to them Elias with Moses, and they were, take, and they were talking with Jesus. And Peter answering said to Jesus, Rabbi, it is good for us to be here. And let us make three tabernacles, one for thee, and one for Moses, and one for Elias. For he knew not what he said, for they were struck with fear. And there was a cloud overshadowing them, and a voice came out of the cloud, saying, This is my most beloved son, hear ye him. And immediately looking about, they saw no man any more, but Jesus only with them. And they came down from the mountain. And he charged them not to tell any man what things they had seen, till the Son of Man shall be risen again from the dead. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. So our passage today came from, instead of a prayer to a saint, it was a passage from Mark chapter 8, 9, verses 2 through 2 through 9. And this was the passage talking about the transfiguration of our Lord. Which just so happens to be the feast today. One thing that I found interesting as we were doing our research for this episode was when we were, I was looking at the passages of, of the Bible because there's four gospels in particular, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Well, they are the gospels. And um, each one usually goes through the passages of the Bible and tells different versions. I know, for instance, the um, women that find the tomb of Jesus to be empty, depending on which gospel you go to, have different women. But it's always the women that find that the tomb is empty first. So I was curious to see how the transfiguration was different between each of the passages. And funny enough, John was the only one that did not have a passage about the transfiguration, and, and he was the only one that was present there out of the four authors of the Gospels. However, uh, was it was it uh, Mark who which which one of the Gospel writers wrote it uh, dictated from Peter? Uh, yes, it's St. Mark that um, St. Mark's is the shortest Gospel and was written in a streamlined fashion. He relates the life and teachings of Christ as he received them from St. Peter. And his narrative correlates well with those highlighted in the brief discourse of St. Peter to St. Cornelius. Yeah, so Peter was at the Transfiguration. So Marx is probably mm -hmm. fairly accurate. Er, yeah. Um, but anyways, we are not going to go into too great of detail about the Transfiguration right now. One, because the Gospel pretty much gives the detail. And two, because it is part of the Luminous Mysteries, which we will be discussing as part of our topic today. Today we are discussing the joyful and the luminous mysteries of the rosary. In our last episode, we um, gave a very rough outline of a rosary and how it is prayed and its importance. And so now we're going to go a bit deeper into them and talk about each of the mysteries. And for starters, we're going to explain what is a mystery. 
So asking the definition of a mystery sounds a little bit strange because it's a mystery because we don't have a definition for it because we don't, I don't want to say don't understand it. We understand it to be a mystery. You'll find that each mystery that we look upon will have something supernatural about it. There will be a miracle that happens or a prophecy. And so there's something in each mystery that we can't quite fully comprehend as humans. Something that is only explainable through God. Something that is not human. Which leads us to have a great opportunity to meditate and reflect on the mysteries. To grow deeper in our life of faith as well. Without faith, we cannot understand the church because us as humans being made by God cannot fully know God as God knows us. God knows all of us. And and so we, we can only really know these mysteries by taking them in faith. And that is a beautiful gift that maybe we'll talk about in a, in a later episode as well, as it is kind of hard to comprehend. Uh, but in the meantime, let's discuss the mysteries themselves. So we're going to start with the joyful mysteries, which um, I think we mentioned this in our last episode. You pray different mysteries on different days of the week. The joyful mysteries would be prayed, I believe, on Mondays, and Saturdays. Saturdays. And so our first joyful mystery is the Annunciation. The Annunciation was when um, the angel Gabriel appeared to Mary, and this was at the time she was betrothed to Joseph, but they had not yet come together. And the angel Gabriel appeared to Mary and told her that she would conceive and bear um, Jesus Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit. And this was Mary's um, fiat, her yes. And so um, we, we spoke earlier about how there's a mystery in each of these. The mystery in this would be the fact that the angel Gabriel came to Mary and told her, and the Holy Spirit cons consumed her and allowed her to bear Jesus. Which is a great mystery. I mean, not something God, that any of us can really process. Yeah. God, this is when God became man. Mm -hmm. This is the part in the creed where where you bow your head and 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 he became man or and this is truly a mystery it it's in our profession of belief our profession of faith of the of the creed so what 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 should we really meditate on in in the annunciation I think in this case, one thing that we could especially meditate on is Mary's yes. I mean, angels aren't, um, like, I know they're often drawn as, like, just these people with wings, but that is not what they looked like. Um, do we have an exact depiction of what kind of angel angel Gabriel would have been? Uh, presumably frightening. <laughs> Mary was frightened. Mm -hmm. Well, you, it makes you wonder if the angels get tired of saying, don't be afraid. Listen, <laughs> listen, I'm here to help you, okay? Like, come on, guys. And then despite all of that fear, all of that confusion that Mary would have faced, she still said yes. 
She said, I am the handmaid of the Lord. Let it be done unto me according to thy word. And again, another thing to meditate on would just be God becoming man. Mm -hmm. Just, I mean, that, that is really a mystery. <laughs> yeah. The second joyful mystery is the visitation. I believe we talked about the visitation uh, at some point. I think we talked about it when we first did, I think it was our first episode, because that was when we first talked about Mary. She was our first feast day. Yeah. Something like that. And uh, the visitation was when Mary went to visit her her relative Elizabeth, who, who uh, after many, many years, has fi had finally conceived of a child. And Mary went to help her uh, as she was in her final months of her pregnancy. And as they reached Elizabeth's house, Elizabeth came out and and said, uh, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. No, I think Which, she, sa um, she said, of all women, you are the most blessed and blessed is the fruit of your womb. Sorry. Going through the Hail Mary and didn't go far <laughs> enough. That was the Annunciation. <laughs> <laughs> and she said that when um, her son who was in her womb leapt for joy upon hearing Mary's, Mary's voice, I believe. Because he knew that Mary was carrying Jesus in her. Yep. And John the Baptist would be the last prophet before our Lord. And this is a mystery because Elizabeth recognizes that Mary has, is bearing the Savior. I mean, presumably Mary has not had any contact with Elizabeth for a rather long time. Mm -hmm. The angel was the one who told her, hey, she's about to have a baby. And so, so Mary goes and Elizabeth greets her with this beautiful greeting. I have this little rosary book here. I don't know how old it is. But it gives little meditations to think about, too. Uh, and this one's meditation is, think of Mary's charity in visiting her cousin Elizabeth and remaining with her for three months before the birth of John the Baptist. That's another beautiful thing to think about there is, is Mary's charity towards Elizabeth. The next mystery is the nativity of our Lord, which is the birth of our Savior, Jesus Christ which is, that's a big mystery right there. Mm -hmm. God became man and was born into the world. And everything that happened around that time too is also a great mystery. Um, an angel appeared to a group of shepherds who once again were frightened at the sight of an angel. Um, a bunch then, of angels. A bunch of angels. A choir of angels. And then the... the Which... The evening star? I don't... I used to think... As a kid, I thought it was the north star, but... The... Um, just a, a bright star that the Magi traced. A bright star appeared that led people to the Lord. What, what's, what's to think about here? I mean, well, pretty easy meditate on god coming into this earth this marks when jesus was born i mean 
And all for the purpose of dying for us on the cross. Exactly. And he wasn't born in a great castle or a... Or a simple, not even a simple house. He was born in a stable. Yep. Not, In a feed trough. Not the typical um, nursery for a king. Nope. Which is another thing to meditate on, is humility. Think of the humility that our Lord subjugated himself to. He didn't have to do that, but he did it for us. Which is, again, just another really beautiful thing to think about. And again, hard to comprehend. The fourth joyful mystery is the presentation of our Lord to the temple. Um, let's try and find that passage, because what, what, what exactly is the Jewish law that they were following here? Um, I have it right here. Um, Luke chapter 2, verses 21 through 24. And at the end of eight days, when he was circumcised, he was called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. And when the time came for the purification, according to the law of Moses, they brought him to, up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every male that opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice to what is said in the law of the Lord a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. So they followed Jewish law and presented their child to the Lord, as well as sacrificing to the Lord uh, the two turtle doves or young pigeons. And it was at this time that Mary and Joseph met Simeon who was told by by an angel or by the Lord? And he had received an answer from the Holy Ghost that he should not see death before he had seen the Christ, the Lord. And so he was promised that before his death, he would be able to see Jesus Christ, which did end up being fulfilled at the presentation of the temple. And Simeon prophesied to Mary that she would feel as though she was pierced by a sword for the suffering that her son would go through at the crucifixion. And a thing to meditate on here is Mary's perseverance as, as she underwent that, that suffering along with her son. She, she, she knew that he must save the world and she underwent this suffering bravely. And that's something really to look up to when we're having a bad day. Well, you know what? Mary had some pretty bad days too. She she trusted in the Lord and, and all all was well. So And now moving on to the fifth and final joyful mystery, which is the finding of Jesus in the temple. And so when Jesus was around twelve years old um, the, the three, Mary, Joseph, and Jesus were to depart from the temple to, um, where were they going? <laughs> They're going for, uh, 
Were they going to? They were going to celebrate the feast of Passover. They were going up into Jerusalem according to the custom of the feast, and having fulfilled the days when they returned, the child Jesus remained in Jerusalem, and his parents knew it not. Oh. So yes, the solemn day of the Pasch. And his parents did not know it. And they went three days not knowing where he was. They traveled with all of their relatives, so they assumed Jesus was with an uncle or or an aunt or or maybe even his grandparents. And when they found out he was not in their company, they, they had to hurry back to Jerusalem. And and they found him in the temple teaching the doctors and hearing them and asking them questions. That is amazing. Jesus stayed in Jerusalem and was teaching the most smart people there. At 12 years old, and all who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. And when Mary and Joseph found him, Mary was quite upset, understandably, because her son had been missing for three days. And Jesus said to her, how is it that you sought me? Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? And this, this is something to meditate on here because Jesus understands his mission at this age. I mean, he's God. He knows. <laughs> <laughs> There's really no way of putting it. He. Yeah. That's one thing about these mysteries is what, what is there to meditate on? Well, the mystery itself, God becoming man, that is incomprehensible. It's just not something you can know. Uh, so, <laughs> so we we can't really tell you what it means. Sorry, but meditate on that as you're praying your rosary. Uh, shall we move on to the luminous mysteries? Yep, the luminous mysteries are they're the only rosaries that we pray once a week. We pray them on Thursdays. They're the newest edition, uh, being added in two thousand two by uh, Pope John Paul II and well now Pope St. John Paul II Pope St. John Paul II the Great <laughs> he's got a long one <laughs> um, yep they're prayed on Thursdays and the first luminous mystery is the baptism of our Lord so this of course was when Jesus went to the Jordan River and he saw John and was baptized by John his his cousin John, the prophet. But Jesus was baptized in the Jordan. And at first, John didn't want to do it. He said that he was not worthy to unfasten the sandals on his feet. He said it should be Jesus that was baptizing him. And after Jesus was baptized, uh, a loud voice was heard in the clouds, and uh, the Holy Ghost descended in, in the form of a dove. And the voice said, this is, uh, this is my son with whom I am well pleased. And thus began Jesus's public ministry. Can you imagine being a part of that crowd? Because there were crowds of people to be baptized by John. And like, I don't know if everyone would have, like not everyone would have, would have, would have blah. <laughs> not everyone would have known Jesus at the time. And so they would see this random person come up. And all of a sudden the heavens opened and this great voice came out of nowhere. I'd be terrified. Yeah. Also wondering, who is this guy? <laughs> yeah. Well, by that point, it's like, oh, I bet this guy's pretty important. 
then Jesus began his public ministry, which brings us to the second luminous mystery, the wedding feast at Cana, where Jesus performs his first miracle. At the wedding feast in Cana, um, Jesus and his disciples were attending a wedding with his mother, and these weddings would go on for days on end. I can't remember what the exact time is, but um, because of that, you would need a lot of food and a lot of wine. <laughs> and they were not very far into the wedding feast when the bride and the bridegroom had already run out of wine. And Mary, the ever-observant mother, noticed this, and she turned to Jesus and said that they're out of wine. And Jesus said to her, Woman, my time has not yet come. But because it was a request from his mother, he did end up, Mary turned to the servants and said, Do whatever he tells you. And also, these are, these are the last lines that Mary ever speaks in the Bible. Do whatever he tells you. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't know that. But yeah, I guess that's right. And so Jesus goes to some water basins, which usually held like dirty water in them. It wasn't. That's what you'd wash your feet with. Yep. Because when you traveled in the ancient times, you traveled by foot. Even if you wore sandals, your feet would still get pretty dirty. I mean, you're traveling on the same roads, if you were even traveling on roads, as donkeys and mules and horses they weren't very clean you'd wash your feet when you'd go into somebody's house and jesus goes to those water jars and do you remember which um gospel talks about the wedding was it matthew oh it's john oh and this is a direct quote jesus said to them fill the jars with water and they filled them up to the brim he said to them, now draw some out and take it to the steward of the feast. And so they took it. When the steward of the feast tasted the water, which had now become wine, and did not know where it came from, though the servants who had drawn the water knew, the steward of the feast called the bridegroom and said to him, every man serves the good wine first, and when men have drunk freely, then the poor wine, but you have kept the good wine until now. Can you imagine what these servants were thinking? Like, wait, you want to feed the steward the foot water? <laughs> like, uh, hey, hey, Jesus, we know you have a sense of humor, but, but this? <laughs> I can't imagine how scared they would have been. I mean, yeah, they're like, <laughs> they have to do whatever this guy tells them to do. You want to try this? <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to drink it. And the trouble they could have gotten into, like, ser as servants. Mm -hmm. But they obeyed, and it had become wine, and it had not only become wine, but the best wine. And then this ended up being Jesus' first public miracle that he performed. And we have talked about before, Jesus, when he says, woman, my time has not yet come, is not disobedience to his mother, uh, but rather asking her if she is ready to to go on in fact he's asking mary to say yes again which mary does and i didn't know those were mary's last words in the bible but that makes perfect sense uh and those are amazing last words that you should meditate on while thinking of this mystery do whatever he tells you 
even if you're like those servants and you're worried about your job being taken away because you fed the steward foot water. The third luminous mystery is the proclamation of the kingdom of God. When Jesus proclaims that the kingdom of God is at hand to repent and do penance and believe in him, which is essentially what the church teaches. Again, has to be taken with by faith because it's a mystery. We, we can't we can't just understand it. That would be too easy. <laughs> but I mean, I mean, there there are deep theological reasons for for faith and philo- philosophy and theology. You can go and study all of that. We're not going to get into that right now. If you know people who who are theologians, uh, ask ask them about faith. Just know that uh, mysteries require faith. What to meditate on in this one? Well, this little book here says to think of Christ's preaching of the kingdom of God with its call to forgiveness as he inaugurated the mystery of mercy, which he continues to exercise until the end of the world, particularly through the sacrament of reconciliation. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. I'm sure we've talked about this before, but Jesus's mercy and especially his mercy through the sacrament of reconciliation is something truly beautiful to meditate on because he is so willing to listen and forgive our sins if we're truly sorry for them. It is a really beautiful thing. And it is very easy for everybody to fear justice because, you know, we're sinners. And, you know, we all deserve to be stretched out on burning racks in hell while devils wave cooling jellies in front of our faces. Descriptive. Yeah, I don't know what book that's from. I heard Mr. Ayers say it. But God in his mercy will forgive us and accept us back to him. And the last time I went to confession, it was just the same way with me. It was like, yeah, I like, it's like, boy, I was a dummy. Why would you ever sin? Like, why? Why? That's just it's not acting in accordance with the will of God. But then the first words that I hear when I enter the confessional is welcome. It's like the Lord's been expecting me. He's going to welcome me back. And I just, it's a beautiful thing to hear when you enter the confessional. I know one of the hardest things for me, especially like with the confessional, is the fear. A lot of times when I'll be in line, there's a lot of anxiety about like, you did this and you did this. How can anyone possibly like forgive you for that or like there's often i the question often comes into my head how can god forgive someone like me who was a sinner and it's because of his love and his mercy he wants us to be there with him in heaven that's another mystery that just doesn't really make a lot of sense to us but one that we should be very grateful for i mean you look at world leaders today all they're concerned about is justice and giving what what they think is others do but there is no mercy there god has infinite mercy i mean you can repent on your deathbed with your final breath and he will forgive you mm-hmm. that's not recommended um because <laughs> you're not you don't know when you're gonna die but but that can happen so meditate on the Lord's forgiveness and 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 his love and his mercy while praying this mystery. The fourth 
luminous mystery is the transfiguration of our Lord, which is our feast of today. And Ali, you had something to say about the transfiguration. Yes, I was reading and it, a part of it reminded me a lot of our um, first mystery, the baptism. And a voice from the cloud said, this is my beloved son with whom I am pleased. Listen to him. And this was said after Peter had suggested that they all just stay up there and we'll make three tabernacles for you, Moses and Elijah. This was Jesus revealing his full glory to his apostles. That's God in his full glory. And that, I mean, that is a beautiful sight, but one that the apostles were also afraid of. I mean, <laughs> it's God. You should be, like, like we mentioned, God is merciful. He's also just. He can deal justice. And that is, we should be afraid of that because we are sinners and we don't want to be punished, even though that is what we should, we, we, even though we should be punished. And the Lord can punish us. So it is frightful, but you also have to remember his mercy and trust in his mercy. When meditating on this, again, meditate on listening to what the Lord wants. This is my son with whom I'm well pleased and obey him. The father commanded the apostles to listen to him and experience his passion and resurrection and be transfigured by the Holy Spirit. That uh, Just another meditation on obeying the Lord. We should all, we should all obey him and listen to his word. We have one more luminous mystery, which is the institution of the Eucharist, the first mass, the sacrifice that our Lord gives us to repeat his passion and to partake in his passion, what he gave us to, to continue, uh, how to say this? <laughs> continue his mission? Yes. The institution of the Eucharist can also be, is also known as the Last Supper. This was the mass that Jesus held before he went to the Garden of Gethsemane where he would be arrested. Um, and it was here that he broke bread and said, this is take and eat, this is my body. And took wine and said, take and drink, this is my blood. And he didn't mean that in a metaphorical sense. This is what's very hard to understand. And why this is, this is, what, what, this is proclaimed at the Mass as the mystery of faith. To which the people respond, we proclaim your death, O Lord, and profess your resurrection until you come again. We will, we will accept this as truth. We will, we will have faith in you, Lord, until the end of the world. This is something that really only Catholics believe. I guess the Orthodox do too. But it's that this was God. This was God that came. This was his body and it was his blood and through transubstantiation, this is his body. This is his blood. And this, this is truly God. And we've had so many miracles to show this. I believe it was Pope Francis, before he became Pope, had found um, that there was a piece of the Eucharist left behind on the floor. And so it, um, typically when that happens, it's placed in water and placed in the tabernacle. Um, and after a couple of days, he went back and opened it and he found a piece of flesh in the water. And wow, been, I didn't know that. I believe it was Pope Francis, but before he was 
It would have been when he was father. There have been even scientific studies have shown that it is flesh and blood. And not only flesh, but like the flesh of heart tissue. And uh, the blood is like, I don't remember exactly what the blood is. It is the kind that in, um, in when you donate blood can be given to any any person. But even scientifically, it has been shown as if faith wasn't enough. And that's one thing that the Protestants had trouble believing was that it was really, truly God in the Eucharist. And it's something really hard to wrap your head around, too. I mean, when we see it in its physical form, it looks like a wafer or it looks like a cup of wine. Yep. Tastes like them, too. But it isn't. And that's why some church songs drive me nuts because they're like, it's the bread and it's the wine. And it's like, no, by this point, it's the body and blood of Christ. It's different by a long ways. But again, it's just one of those mysteries that in and of itself you have to meditate on. There's not like specifications of meditation on, on this. Meditate on the Eucharist itself. What is a beautiful thing to do in Eucharistic adoration. Those are the uh, luminous mysteries and the joyful mysteries. There are two more sets of mysteries, which we'll cover in our next episode, the sorrowful and the glorious mysteries. Uh, but that wraps up today's episode. Uh, shall we close in prayer? Mm-hmm. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. All glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, a world without end. Amen. Venerable Fulton Sheen, pray for us. Pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you, everybody, for listening. We hope to have another episode out for you very soon. As always, you will be in our prayers, and we hope that we will be in yours.